Hi, this is Kathy Rong, and today's leadership quote is from Stephen Covey. What you do has far greater impact than what you say. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Thank you for listening to the Leader Assistant Podcast. Assistants are workplace heroes, and as such, transitioning safely and securely from remote work to an in-office environment is top of mind. And we all know that every superhero needs a sidekick. Enter today's sponsor, Swiped On. Swiped On is the fastest growing visitor and employee management software. With tools like contactless sign-in, visitor screening, and evacuation management, Swiped On can help provide the peace of mind every assistant and their team deserves. So the next time you hear, what's your plan for the office as we return to work? Or how will the hybrid workplace look for us? You can respond confidently knowing Swiped On has you covered. To learn more or sign up for a free 14-day trial, visit swipedon.com slash leader assistant. That's swipedon.com slash leader assistant. And when you're ready to move forward, be sure to use my exclusive discount code for 20% off their annual plan. The discount code is leader20. That's leader20. Two zero for twenty percent off their annual plan. So reopen your business safely today with Swiped On. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host Jeremy Burrows, and today I'm excited to be speaking with Kathy Wrong. Kathy is Lead Executive Assistant in the Office of the CEO at Complex Network. Kathy, how's it going? It's going great, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, what uh, part of the world are you in? I have been in Manhattan and never left during the pandemic, so it's been interesting seeing the city during these phases, for sure. Wow. So is your company based in Manhattan and uh, primarily in Manhattan, or are they spread out? We have our home office in Manhattan, as well as some in Atlanta and L.A., but the main office is near Times Square. Okay. And what uh, industry are you all in? So we're in the, I would say, entertainment media business. Our um, company is co-owned by Verizon and Hearst, and we have a lot of entertainment brands um, under our main brand. Okay. What would be uh, maybe an entertainment brand that we've, we would have heard of potentially? <laughs> yeah, I think the most prominent of complex networks brands would be First We Feast, our food vertical. Um, we are responsible for a lot of a good portion of the food shows on YouTube, primarily hot ones, where the celebrities eat chicken wings with hot sauce and um, do an interview format while eating them. Ah, very nice. Sounds fun. Have you been on that? Uh, have you gotten to partake in any of the hot foods? I have not personally been on set, but I have tried the hot sauces and they are really hot. Like, <laughs> no joke. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your career and how you ended up as an assistant. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, I don't think it's 
kind of the traditional story that some EAs talk about. But when I was in high school, I always wanted to pursue uh, concert photography. So in my spare time, I would shoot uh, family photos and senior portraits kind of as my high school job. And when I came to New York for college, I started a wedding photography business with my co-founder. And through that process, I found that I had a natural inclination um, towards admin space stuff, the client management, the contracts, the following up and scheduling. And I thought I would look into that as a potential career option. So I started my first EA role at VaynerMedia in the advertising world, specifically on their experiential marketing side. And I learned a lot there. Um, And that was supporting two executives. And I decided I want to lean more heavily into entertainment, specifically at an entertainment company that was on the younger side. And that's where I am now at Complex Networks. Um, I started out as the executive assistant to the head of operations and was promoted really quickly to my current role, uh, senior executive assistant for Office of CEO. Nice. So do you work with a team of assistants? Yes, I do. So at the company, there are maybe like five to eight uh, during any given quarter. Okay. So do you kind of lead that team or is there a dotted line structure? How does that work? I would say more of a dotted line structure where I make myself available as a resource for all things admin related, but they still report into their direct manager of their department. Okay. So essentially they would work with their direct executive manager for performance reviews and such. And then you would kind of help support as needed. That's correct. And to help with any kind of conflicts or questions, I also was proactive and kind of volunteering myself as a resource in terms of any training on the admin side for expenses or any kind of foreign softwares that our company uses in particular. Okay. Nice. So what's one of your favorite parts about being an assistant? I think one of my favorite parts is just being able to help people be as productive as they can be and that making the best use of their time and just helping them be more productive. And that comes with partly support and relationship management and any other things that they might feel like they can't dedicate enough time to. You are passionate about um, OKRs and um, I know, you know, objectives and key results and goal setting and, you know, key performance indicators or KPIs are kind of a big deal in some industries and some organizations and often assistants either are tasked with kind of leading the charge on that for their team and keeping their executives up, uh, up to task. But also there are assistants who um, 
you know, maybe they take on a new role or they move to a different division and they're not, they're not used to it. They don't really understand um, how that all works and they're kind of um, new to that whole world of OKRs. Could you kind of talk through your experience um, with, you know, implementing OKRs and how you track them or how you align your goals with your executive's goals um, and, yeah, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff? Yeah, I'd love to. So when I came on as executive assistant to, you know, most of C-suite, I had to take some time to, you know, get settled, make sure everything was going the right direction. And then I could advocate for myself to take on more special projects or uh, any, any other responsibilities that my executives would be comfortable giving to me. And I'm fortunate enough to have bosses who really believe in me and see my potential. So I uh, was kind of named point person to roll out the implementation of OKRs company-wide, which was a huge responsibility. And I'm so glad I I had that opportunity because I really learned a lot. Um, In particular, the OKR system we were using before was a kind of like Google spreadsheet format. And that was not sustainable in the long term, especially when people were moving on to new roles or there were new hires coming in and there was no kind of onboarding structure for if you're a manager, you should be also updating this spreadsheet and where's the link and all that. Um, So how I began looking into this whole process was really to source a software that we could use to manage and track the OKRs, first of all, because there's the organization and updating of OKRs, and then there's the actual formulation and checking in and updating of uh, upkeep of OKRs after the software rolls out. So I looked into a bunch of different softwares and I did a lot of reading and research because this opportunity fell into my lap, but I really went 110% on it. I've ordered a bunch of OKR books from Amazon and listened to a bunch of podcasts as well and started gathering this background information. Once I sourced this software, I partnered with the chief technology officer and the IT project manager to kind of think about what the company needs in terms of technology tools on the back end and checking in with people there. But I found the most challenging part in rolling it out was the relationship management aspect of it is building all these relationships with key department heads. And that comes into play when you're um, gathering these goals for each department. And you don't want to come out and say, hey, what are your company goals? And we're going to be tracking you against them in your annual reviews from now on. So kind of the politics aspect of that. Um, But it was a learning process because I had never done something like this before. And I think the plethora of resources that I found or were available to me helped the most. So Google Spreadsheets is what they were using. Yes. Did you, what are some of the tools you researched to kind of take that over? I researched kind of some rough template kind of management tools such as Trello or 
Asana that weren't OKR specific and then realize the size of the company and the organization of the departments. You really needed a software tool that was specifically tailored to OKR management. And so that's when I reached out to OKR specific softwares and got quotes, negotiated with some of the key players and presented like the final three options to department heads. Do you, do you remember what those three options were? I don't recall the top three, but I know the one we went with. Um, it's called ally.io, ally.io. And I can't recommend them enough because not only do they provide guidance in the implementation of software rollout, they also did a really good job of providing training for uh, training tailored to the company employees, depending on the level. Okay. Nice. So it's A-L-L-Y dot I-O? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Great. Well, I know um, that's, again, this is a common topic uh, with assistants on trying to figure this out for themselves and figure out the tools for their team. So appreciate the uh, insight there and um, I'll definitely recommend checking out um, A-L-L-Y dot I-O if you're looking for something for your team. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's not a paid uh, ad, by the way. That's <laughs> <laughs> not. And the OKR book I would recommend in particular is called Measure What Matters by John Doerr. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I'll put that link in the show notes for sure. All right. So, okay. So what's maybe a tip on, you know, those, the team members or the executives that are resistant to the OKR process, how did you communicate that? Listen, this is for the greater good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kind of a gentler way of saying, you know, the company is moving towards measuring performance reviews against this metric. So it would actually do you a favor <laughs> to make sure your the KPIs are on point when that time does come. And I think people are usually pretty responsive to that. Okay. So then as an assistant and even for your, um, your other assistants in your team, mm-hmm. how do you come up with your KPIs and OKRs specifically for your role? Specifically for our role, that has been one of the recent challenges, I would say, because this is only the second quarter we've been using this OKR system. And our structure is from the top of the company trickling down. So we actually have not figured that part out yet. And I will keep you updated if we do figure that OKR component out because it's tricky. Most of the time, I think the metric you can measure an assistant's success is by the increase in productivity of their executive. But really, how can you measure that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, w- I like to say your goals are my goals. And, you know, whenever my executive has aspirations and goals and and, uh, metrics to measure, you know, if he meets those and exceeds those, then I've done my job. 
And if he doesn't, then I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your team and do you do any of the onboarding and training of the assistants as they join your company? Yeah. So what, that's one of the responsibilities I kind of put on myself is to take over the onboarding portion of the admin side. So a lot of the times I feel that the onboarding process of new hires is general, which is what it's meant to be. But I think that admins in particular need extra support, not only in terms of software trainings or what have you, but also the relationship aspect, knowing who is the key point people in various departments would probably help an assistant do their job a lot easier than if it was just going off a company org chart or um, figuring that out for their own. So that's one of the things I try to incorporate and when I help get a new admin hire set up, the trainings, but also this is the person you should talk to in finance if you need this, or this is the other person who is going to be key for all of your expense questions. I think that makes everything a lot easier. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a cheat sheet, if you will, mm -hmm. um, so that they can kind of get going a lot quicker. So that's good. What's uh, What makes an assistant a leader in your mind? Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. In my mind, a leader, an assistant who is a leader is proactive, I think, above all else. Because as assistants, I think we have a unique perspective in our position in terms of what's going on in the company and all of the correspondence or conversations that we're privy to. So we're really in a position to be proactive more than maybe other people at the company. And I think that's what differentiates an assistant from a leader assistant. Yeah. So what's something that you do to be proactive with your executive? I think when we see or I see problems or potentially just uh, gaping holes and just being proactive and providing a solution. So in terms of, for example, training a new admin hire, I went to my executives and said, this is something that I'm noticing that new admin hires are not, don't necessarily have access to all the knowledge they need to be great at their job. And then presented them with a curriculum for training that I came up with and just requiring approval of that curriculum to move forward. 
So not only seeing a problem, but also already having the solution at hand when bringing it up. Love that. Yeah, I'm all about, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one level to identify problems. And it's a whole nother level to actually suggest solutions and get creative on solving the problem before you say, hey, everybody, look at this problem. <laughs> right. So, okay, so if you're going to go back to your first week as an assistant in your career and talk to yourself, what would you say to yourself to encourage your younger self um, for their first week of on the job? That every opportunity or experience is a learning opportunity. So even if you have a negative experience, there is something to take away from that. That's awesome. So what's a learning experience uh, that you've had, maybe a challenge in your career that, and what did you learn from it? I think two particular scenarios. One is just coming into a new corporate environment, especially as maybe like an entry-level assistant, is really figuring out how to handle difficult personalities. Not even necessarily in your executive but maybe the people that your executive work with or people you personally have to work closely with. And just managing those relationships is a very big learning experience that even if you don't jive with someone in real life, you can find a way to work with them on a professional level. Hmm. What's something that you've done to help you, um, you through that and work and work and be professional with someone. Mm, I think people would traditionally say, Oh, learning more about communication skills. But for me, it has really been working on my emotional intelligence and seeking out resources that kind of educate me on that because that's not emotional intelligence is not traditionally a skill that you learn necessarily in like high school curriculum or college. I think it's really something that you practice that you're naturally born with or something you work on. Hmm. What's uh, maybe one of your favorite resources when it comes to emotional intelligence? I read several emotional intelligence, I would say self-help books. Um, But beyond that, there are actually some resources I take advantage of on LinkedIn Learning. They have some resources particular to emotional intelligence in the corporate workplace that I found very valuable. Nice, nice. Um, do you have any links or anything that we could post in the show notes for people to look some look up some resources? Yeah, I think there was a particular course path as well. I can send it to you later to include in the notes for the listeners. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Yeah, I love, um, I'm passionate about uh, emotional intelligence. I think that's part of how we as assistants can future-proof our careers is to really cultivate our emotional intelligence. So would love to share that resource as well. Um, all right, Kathy. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to encourage um, assistants listening with before we go? 
I think I want to particularly emphasize the importance of advocating for yourself. Um, no matter what point of your career you're at, I think advocating with yourself for yourself comes with also confidence and knowing your self-worth. And I don't, I'm not sure how to advise to ultimately reach that point, but I think it's an important um, thing to continue to instill to EAs. Yeah, I mean, maybe a follow-up would be how, where do you think you get your confidence from? Where do you think you get your, you've gotten your ability to advocate for yourself from? I think I found my confidence in advocating for myself specifically because of the admin communities I've been in, whether it's Facebook groups, like speaking with other admins, um, you know, networking and kind of figuring out my personal strengths and weaknesses on that front and realizing that like, I know my self-worth and then I can advocate for that. Whether it's advocating for your salary or increased responsibility or a title change, having all these resources available and, you know, kind of getting to know the industry landscape as much as possible really provides you with that confidence. Yeah, that's great advice. Awesome, Kathy. Well, I appreciate you taking time to share a little bit of your story and insight. Uh, is there somewhere that those listening could connect with you or reach out and say hi? Yeah, I would encourage everyone to reach out via LinkedIn. I'm always up for a chat. And on the note of advocating for yourself, definitely if look for a mentor or anything on that front, if you feel like you need more guidance in terms of career pathing. Yeah, great. Awesome. Well, I'll share your uh, LinkedIn and Instagram links in the show notes as well so people can get a hold of you. And yeah, thanks so much. Um, best of luck to you in your career and keep leading well. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Jeremy. Thanks again for listening. Check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 117. review on Apple Podcasts. Go Bullos.com.